Ortiz hits it deep in front of left center field. It's back, and it's very gone. A two-run walk-off home run for David Ortiz. And the Pierce. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. The Boston Power Hour. What's going on, Ride the Wave Nation? I'm Jake Seymour. I'm joined alongside Katie Bodek and our new member of the Boston Power, Masters Lane. Lane, welcome to the podcast. We want to introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, I'm Masters Lane. Um, growing up in Quincy, live in the Boston area. My most of my life, um, Boston season ticket holder. So, you know, watch Boston, love, love, love the Bruins and um, huge Bruins fan. So I'm hoping to bring some hockey into uh, the Boston Power Hour and um, look forward to working with you and Caden Jake. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so make sure you guys check him out on Instagram. He's all over the place. Obviously, his personal account, Masters Lane 182, and obviously the great BWL Bruins World Order. So make sure you guys check them out on Instagram for the best Bruins content in the state, in the country. Um, so our first topic in this episode is The Last Dance, the epic Michael Jordan documentary from ESPN. Last week's episode, it was about uh, baseball and his second retirement and what that was like for him. Uh, Lane, what do you think of his whole baseball and retirement career? Um, I think Michael Jordan just had a chip on his shoulder. I honestly think, um, you know, he was at the point where he felt like he had done everything he could for his basketball career and he did he won three championships he won three mv finals mvps he's won mvps um you know he had the rookie of the year uh, defensive player so he had everything he wanted and i think you know it just started to build up you could tell after he won his second championship you could tell he was starting to get tired um so i think he wanted to pursue a different path still wanted to be active um i also think um Everything with his dad, I, I think that sort of um, really destroyed him. It really took him apart. So he, I think he left basketball. His dad was always there with basketball. And I think it was hard. And you could tell when he came back, it was hard for him to not see his dad in the stands. Yeah, I mean, I think his whole dad thing put a huge part um, to his first retirement. Um, you know, like you said, huge problem with him. And I know when he won that uh, fourth championship, you know, you could kind of see him like crying after the game. So I think that was huge for him. But I think it was interesting, his White Sox career, he actually didn't have that bad of a baseball career. I think he batted 202, had 50 RBIs, and started the season off on a 13-game hitting streak. Like, that's extremely hard to do. And the media plays it that he was just awful at baseball. And I know he had his struggles, but, I mean, what player doesn't go through the struggles during the season? So I think, honestly, that shows how much the media can twist the story over time. Because, you know, Michael Jordan has been silent these last, what, 20, 30 years? Doesn't really talk that much. And this is the first time we're seeing him again. And the, it's always been the media saying, oh, he couldn't play baseball. He couldn't do this. So that's what, that was my biggest takeaway is that, you know, he wasn't actually that bad at baseball. Well, I mean, you're acting like – I mean, he played in the minors. And 202 is like, eh. And 50 RBIs is, I mean, nothing special over a minor league season. Like, it's not like he was, you know, batting 300 in the majors. I think the uh... – <clears throat> It was, what was it, the change-up and the, and the curveball sort of, you know, they were throwing fastballs at him. 
right off the bat in, in the month of April. He had like what a 13 or a 17 game hitting streak somewhere around there. And then they started realizing, you know, don't throw the fastball, throw the change of the curveball. Um, and I think he struggled a little bit there. But um, for a guy who's never played, you know, baseball at that level and started to get into it from basketball, I think he did really well. I think, you know, they were saying that he probably would have gone to the – he would have stepped up into the White Sox major uh, league level if it wasn't for the strike. So. Yeah. That's I mean, something Terry, interesting to think of, you know, think about. Yeah, and Terry Francona was his manager in the minor leagues. And, you know, he even said it too. You know, if he had more opportunities, he probably would have been in the majors. And, you know, if he said that, I fully believe he could have because Terry Francona knows baseball. You know, we see him in the Sox from, you know, 04, 07. You know, he's a great manager, great guy to be around in the clubhouse. So if he really thought he could make it to the majors, there's no doubt in my mind Jordan would have been in the majors. But going back on his baseball career, I mean, batting 202 and having 50 RBIs, even Francona said it himself, like, there were prospects they were looking at that didn't even bet, have 50 RBIs. So, and they've been playing baseball their whole life nonstop. Jordan stopped for, like, 14 years. I think he stopped when playing when he was 17 and picked it back up at 31. That is extremely hard to do. I mean, you took 14 years off anything, you're going to be rusty. And he started off with a 13-game hitting streak. Like, regardless if it was fastballs and all, I think that's pretty impressive. Not to mention it was, you know, still in the minors, but... Hey, major league ba- professional baseball is pro- professional baseball. You know, you're playing against the best players around the league. Obviously, the MLB is the best of the best, but the minor league isn't as bad either. Yeah. Um, before we move on here, I had like a kind of a take on the last dance. So I'm gonna still watch it, but I didn't think it's it's not as good as they hyped it up to be. Like this, we haven't really seen any never be never seen before footage or like stuff that we never knew happened already like it's kind of it's it's kind of like anticlimactic by the way they hyped it up to be see i totally disagree with okay i totally there's <laughs> nothing nothing against the uk but i think it's one of the best documentaries i've seen i think there's a lot of stuff i didn't know about and i and i grew up um as a little kid watching jordan um especially in the the, the latter three peat um I think there's a lot of stuff that they go into detail that they show. Um, I mean, obviously, if you were, if you were, you know, a teenager in your 20s, somewhere around where you can remember everything, and you follow the Bulls die hard, you know, you were living in Chicago, you probably knew most of the stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but if you didn't, I think there's a lot of stuff. You know, the whole um, Dennis Rodman leaving for 96 hours, the whole story, backstory behind his dad, and, and how he got murdered. I had no idea about. Um, you know, stuff that I didn't really read into because I was young. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway from this documentary that I see, and you guys can argue if, if, if you think I'm wrong, is one, I think it's super impressive how Jordan goes from a basketball body build right into baseball and then comes right back and changes his body again into basketball and wins the championship after coming back for three months and losing to um, the Orlando Magic. And two, I think just his passion, the way he plays the game, and especially the last two episodes, and he goes into like really depth and detail, there's no way in my mind you can think, can't think he's not the best player in the world to ever play basketball. 
not only is he the best best player, I'm not even going to argue. Like, if people tell me, oh, LeBron's the best, I don't even argue with him anymore because it's just nonsense at that point. No point. After seeing this that. documentary, it's he's, ridiculous. He's not only not the best basketball player ever. Exactly. Not only is he not the best basketball player to ever play the game, I think he might be the best athlete. And I think the only person next to him is Tom Brady because what Tom Brady's doing is insane. I mean, playing football in your 40s and being good at it, like, that takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication to not only the game itself, but also, like, after the practices, training your body, making sure you're good. But, Caden, going back on what you said before about not learning anything and, you know, a lot of overhypedness for it, I had no idea about that seven-minute rule back in his second season with his foot. I didn't even know he got hurt. I always kind of thought that he just played through it, played through everything, didn't really get hurt. And, I mean, he did play through that, but I had no idea that he only played seven minutes and that the coaches, like, wouldn't overplay him and stuff. And then once the playoffs came, he's like, get rid of that. And then I think his first game or second game in the playoffs, he dropped 65 on the 86 Celtics, arguably one of the best Celtics teams to ever play. And the Celtics teams aren't that bad, even, like, the bad ones. So, I mean, if you go back and look at that, I had no idea. That was something that was kind of kept behind scenes, I feel like. And, you know, I'm a diehard basketball fan. Obviously, I like my Celtics. But, you know, I go into other teams and research them, and I've never seen anything about a seven-minute rule for Jordan. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest parts of Jordan's career, and, I mean, they've touched on it throughout throughout the episodes, is, like, the whole gambling thing. And I think if to make this documentary, like, really good, I think you have to have a whole gambling episode. Because that was a huge part of Jordan's career that um, wasn't really – you know, because there wasn't social media. So at the time, people knew he gambled, but they didn't know how much it impacted him. And I think we need footage mm-hmm. on that um, to make it to make the documentary something else. I think his gambling, honestly, it wasn't that a pro- it wasn't like he was addicted to gambling and that he wanted to go gamble. No, I think he definitely was, just, was. I think it was just a little thing that he wanted to play a game with himself. You know, you know, let's let's like you know get the stakes higher. You know, we saw that he three-peated and took two years off. You know, he went to go play baseball. That was like a game for himself. And then he said that when he came back, he had like mini games in every game, and he tried to do one thing in every game. So oh, I, I feel like he if was he went definitely out... addicted to gambling. I think that he didn't he go like the night of the finals and drop like twenty five k at the like casino. Like you don't just do that. I think he's he was addicted, but it never became an issue where he was, um, you know, making his career in jeopardy. Putting his career in jeopardy. I don't think he was putting his family or his wealth in jeopardy. I think he was a competitive guy. I think that's where it comes down to is he wanted to win. And it whether it was, you know, on the golf course, whether it was in a casino, it didn't matter what he played. He wanted to win everything. It was the coin flip with his security guards in the locker room. Every single thing. It could have been chugging this water bottle. He wanted to win at everything. And I think making, you know, a lot of people didn't want to you know, when they played against him, that money was obviously into it. And yeah, is, is, did he have a gambling, you know, addiction problem? Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't as serious as is it. You know, other people and other you've seen other people have where you know your life and and your um, and your career and everything else is in jeopardy. I don't think it was that 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 level of seriousness. Yeah, and touching on that too, I remember one of the episodes they were on the plane going to um, you know road games. And in the back of the plane was Jordan and all and everyone else. They were gambling like high money, lots of money. And you guys like BJ Armstrong and other guys up in the front gambling like, you know, a dollar a hand, five dollars a hand at the most. And Jordan's doing like five hundred a hand. And he comes up to the front of the plane and goes, "Hey, I want to play with you guys." And he goes, "We're not going to bet that much." And he goes, "I don't care. I beat you guys yet. I want to beat you guys." And went in and cleared them all out. You know, beat them all. And that's something that you know you can say, "Oh, he was addicted to gambling. He wants to gamble." But that's something where. 
he went down to a lower amount of money just to beat the other guys. That has nothing to do with money at that point. That's just a desire to win and a drive to get better and to win and beat everyone. So everyone knows on that plane that he's the best guy at cards, and if you want to challenge him, go to him and play him. Yeah, I agree. So uh, moving on to our next topic, the whole Earl Thomas situation going down. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting story. Not, I'll say that. <laughs> I can't. Um, I can't even with him. <laughs> I think I, his brother and him must be pretty close. I'll say that, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys take on that, Kaden? What you take? Dude, I, um, I, go ahead, Caden. I'll let you go. Is, this is, like, crazy. I think, like, the whole, from how it started, so I guess his brother came, like, so they were, like, fighting, or him and his wife, like, you know, verbally or something. Then his yeah. brother came and got him and was, like, before this, like, blows over or whatever. And obviously it did into something else. But before, you know, domestic violence or whatever becomes an issue, um, he he took him out and, like, they went somewhere, obviously, to a girl's house and then the what his wife like logged into his snapchat and like found <laughs> out like found out where he was and then like called up her like friends and it was like all right let's go bust them like and that like that's insane just like having that's crazy and then what are the odds that he's going to do that you know so i look at it this way right take his brother out of the picture all you have is a guy sort of having a struggle relationship with his wife. He leaves town to go hook up and have a, um, an affair with some woman. And he was dumb enough to not, you know, have his passwords out on his phone that his girl knew him and she was able to track him. And then she was, you know, a batshit crazy woman who put a gun to his head. That's not an unbelievable story. That's not a crazy story that just says, here you are having a guy who had an affair and his woman was batshit crazy. Yep. Now you throw his brother in the picture. And it totally changes the story. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, one, you're dumb enough to leave your passwords open, and then you're going to have an affair with your brother? Like, and this girl? I don't, I, 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 I don't understand it. It's I think just it's insane. some West Virginia hick shit stuff. <laughs> and I said it's some weird, weird shit. I remember, um, I think I scrolled through Instagram that day, uh, NFL memes posted a memes and it was like when, uh, Derek Henry like turned him around and he was like, look, he was blocking for Henry in the playoffs and it was like, they photoshopped uh, his wife's face on it. Like, yep. oh man, that was hysterical. But going back on, you know, the whole situation, um, he, he's just an idiot. Like, like regardless, like, like whatever you, your stance is on having affairs, if you're married or whatever, like if you're, you know, if you really want to do it that bad, like turn off your cell phone like this is a, this is the age we live in where people can't go without this for a second i mean i literally have mine right in front of me but you know all you gotta do is just power it down put it away and then so she couldn't track you and the other thing too is who has the location on snapchat am i the only one that just has it off like i find it kind of weird that people keep that on yeah i like, don't have i can app. like you know i have like so many people on snapchat that i could literally swipe on the app and figure out where everyone is like people don't turn that off I think I, I I think my my mine might actually be on, but I mean I'm still not I'm still I don't have to have an affair with my brother. Some West Virginia stuff. Yeah, like right what there. what what goes through your head? That's like, okay, well, all right, I gotta go, like out because I'm gonna you know be in trouble with my wife and then all right so my brother takes me out. That's fine. All right, let's go like bang another chick with my brother. Like how like what goes through your head that? 
I want to know the I backstory think, behind it and how it how this whole thing got set up. I think he got hit too much by Derrick Henry in that um, playoff game, and his yeah. head's messed up. <laughs> well, the, the like what happened was that you know Derrick Henry's an Alabama guy, so he hit Earl Thomas, and then um, Derrick Henry's you know mindset of like banging your family members probably like went into Earl Thomas, and he's like, okay, this is acceptable. <laughs> And then, and then he's like, "All that's right, a, fine." That's a crazy, that's a crazy <laughs> that's strategy, crazy. right there. <laughs> we've had Penis Cole takes this episode already. We're not even fifteen minutes in. Oh, oh man. man, yeah, it's um, I like that. I mean, you know, we were trying to make the topics long, but honestly, I'm speechless. Like, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I don't think I don't know. I don't think there's much you can say. To be honest, like, no. he got caught cheating or having an affair. I guess we'll say affair. He got caught having an affair with another two other women and his brother. And his wife, well, you know, put a gun to his head, which is crazy in itself. And, you know, she's probably going to be facing... Wasn't the gun not loaded? Wasn't, like, I mean, it, it doesn't not... matter. I mean, it's a gun. You got to treat every gun like it's loaded. Well, I know, but, like, it just was. I don't think it was loaded. I don't... I mean, I've never held someone at gunpoint. I don't plan on doing it. But, I mean, I would assume if you held someone at gunpoint and you go to court, it doesn't matter if the gun was loaded or not loaded. Like, yeah. you held a gun at someone. So... I mean, I'm sure she's going to be facing some kind of charges. I don't know what they're going to be. I haven't heard any updates on that part of it. Uh, I mean, if you guys have, but... Can you imagine being the judge for that? (laughs) (laughs) You were having... It's like, I don't even know. It's like... It's just one of those situations where you just look at it and go, what happened? Like, how did we get here? (laughs) And you know know what's crazy, too, about it is that... You know what? If, you know, right now it's May 17th. You know what would be happening right now in a normal year? Uh, this conference semifinals for basketball would have probably just been wrapping up. You would have probably had the conference finals starting. Same in hockey. Hockey would have been probably right in the middle of the conference finals. And the MLB would be going full force right now. So this story would have been like, oh, Earl Thomas, you know, was held at gunpoint. Oh, what happened? Oh, no, that's so bad. We would have never probably heard about the whole brother thing. But there's no sports going on. So it's this huge story that just blows out of proportion. And now look at us sitting on a sports podcast talking about Earl Thomas with his affair with his brother. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did, you know, with his brother kind of blows it up and is like, why would you do that? The other thing I thought was funny was when he got on Instagram and he was like, all right, so this is going to, like, there's going to be a story. TMZ is going to pick it up. Like, nobody, like, you didn't say you didn't get arrested or he just kind of put it out there, which I thought was a little weird. Like, he didn't say anything. I love how Mark Ingram's like, no, bitch, we want answers on when he replied to his Twitter. <laughs> like, he was like, how are you going to do this and not expect us to get answers? I think it's crazy. The whole situation in itself is just, yeah. I don't know, I find it absurd and uh, honestly just crazy. But What do you, what do you think the next holiday is going to be like? Like, when they go to Christmas, like, you think he's just going to sit across from his brother and be like, what's up, dude? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be awkward. You got your whole family there. <laughs> Mom's going to be across the other side of the table and your brother. <laughs> and then, you know, his, his wife's probably not going to be there. He's probably going to get probably divorce also they can you know fix something i don't There's want to no way that you stay path, together but, after a relationship if, i mean after that but, happens but i mean i'm not for the money i'm no lawyer here but i mean she did hell him at gunpoint so can she get charged with like attempted murder and then you know can you go to jail for that like i, I don't know how that I works he probably wouldn't press that though it's a it's a disaster it's a, it's a crazy situation but moving on to our next topic this one does not involve any sexual things going on um, but unfortunately, <laughs> you could argue it'd be a little, a little worse. Sports updates. What's going on with sports with COVID-19 going on? 
Blake Snell. I think him, I wrote a blog about this, but so he went on his Twitch, like he's streaming or whatever, and he talked about how he's like, he acted like he was on the front lines and how he's going to like die if he played baseball this year for a reduced salary. But uh, like a month ago, he he said like how I don't see him how I don't see how that's like that big of a deal. Like we're healthy and all. So after you do some like deep diving, all of a sudden you decide like, oh, I play baseball. Oh, I'm, you know, 20 something and one of the healthiest on the planet. OK, I'm going to die. If I, you know, and I'm not going to play. He said the thing that really got me was when he's like, I'm not making shit. But like he was due for like eight million dollars this year. And obviously he's not going to make all of that. He even if he makes like 15 percent of it after taxes and everything, you know, you're still making one over a million dollars. Like that's that's more than nothing. Yeah. I mean, these guys, honestly, are going to make out. I mean, they're not going to play in this. So we Gonna be hit, gonna get paid a portion of their contract, but I mean I find it funny too. Um, I think there's five players in the NBA that are not gonna lose any money on their contract from the NBA because Rich Paul puts in their contract that if the season were to be canceled, they get paid in full. Yeah. And the NBA was like, yeah, whatever, we'll we'll sign the contract. And now the season may get canceled, and they're still gonna get paid in full because it's in the contract. So shout out to Rich Paul, he's a pretty good agent. As far as what I think sports are gonna happen, um, like I said, you know, you guys know me, I'm a basketball guy. Um, I know, I believe it's the MGM Resort in Vegas where they do the summer league. They they said to the NBA that if you guys want to come in, we'll give you the hotel, you know, chill in the hotel, and then we'll let you use the court for the playoffs. That's a perfect idea. Just use that. And you could have playoff games all the time. You know, the you know the um, players are quarantined with themselves, so, you know, no one's going to probably get COVID uh, unless someone leaves, but no one's supposed to leave. And... You know, you have the whole basketball arena. And, you know, people are saying, oh, well, it's not fair to the athletes because they got to be away from their families for two months. You know, I got guys like, you know, I know buddies that are out serving and they haven't been home in like six months. So, you know, I know that's a whole different thing. But, I mean, two months in the grand scheme of things with other people, it isn't that long. At least, you know, you go, you play basketball, you can still FaceTime. It's not like we're in the, you know, the non-digital era where you have to send letters and, you know, it takes a while to get responses back. But you can literally... You know, FaceTime them, text message them, and you can still see them, and it's only two months. And if you really hit it that bad, get knocked out in the first round, and you're not going to have to play basketball. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think, like, the whole – I feel like the MGM or whatever can say whatever they want, but it's up to, like, the NBA to be like, okay, well, we're going to do this. You know, right. and I think if they would go – be under fire from a lot of, of the media like well why are you doing this in the middle of a pandemic and i think the whole thing is if they can get enough test they'll do it but if they can't they won't because if they have enough tests for these um players but then like there's people that are actually sick and need the test and they can't get them the nba would just be like blown up with you know being like the dicks of the world because they're just taking all the tests from people and people would just be so pissed off. So I think like if you can get enough tests, the NBA would go through with that plan. But if not, then. Yeah. The whole situation is kind of whacked out with COVID. Uh, Lane, what do you think about the NHL? What do you think they're going to do? I mean, I think in general for sports, this is what's, you know, it's come to a point where we haven't had sports for, what, two, you know, two and a half months, right? I think we're in 
a part of time where the NHL, MLB, and NBA, if they are played, and I think they will be at some point, you know, June, July, August, around there, they're not going to be played with fans. Uh, you can already kiss that goodbye for the rest of the year. Um, I think for football, it depends on with you know if the second surge comes in, how the summer goes. But I mean, you're looking at football is going to be played no matter what on time. It looks like, but again, probably with no fans. So I think you're you're really not you're really and I who knows what happens for the next season of basketball and um, and hockey starting in like. October, November, maybe they might have a later start in December. So maybe that season is played with fans. But um, I, I would feel really concerned at that point if, if they start that late and they do it with no fans. And who knows when we'll ever go back to a game at that yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, you're, if you're not doing it at the end of this year in December, what makes me think that you're going to do it in April when baseball season starts up again? You know what I mean? It's just so it gets to a point where. And if football is not doing without fans, it probably means you're not starting December because football season is still going on in December. So yeah. I think 2020 is a wash. I think you look at maybe 2021 and it's like at what point do you say, hey, we, we started the basketball and hockey season with no fans again. And at what point do you let them back? I just I don't I don't who knows if it's even a year from now. Yeah, I think oh, that's tough. I think the 2020 season is a wash. I think that's like the biggest part because you want to, you want to obviously want to have sports, but you want to make it, you don't want to make it to the point that you're messing up for the future, you know, like you don't want to impact the future too badly. I, I also think having sports, no fans. Um, it was nice for UFC because you could hear everything. It was definitely different. Um, I, I just find it, you know, like a lot of these sports, games run off momentum and home field advantage yeah now you're playing in arrowhead without the, the the crowd now you're playing in seattle without the loud crowd like those two places with really loud crowd you know new england's always been really good at home and now you know they still have the weather but you know all these places playing in a dome that might be a little louder you don't have like now it's almost like playing on you know 32 neutral sites yeah so it's you know, and obviously the weather will start to kick in as, you know, November and December come around. But I, I think it, it definitely it will make for an interesting season. I don't sit there and say, oh, well, I have a road game in Seattle. Am I really worried about that as much now as if it was a home game? I don't think it even matters anymore. I think it's it's just the team you're playing at that point. It doesn't matter where you're playing anymore. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys think about the whole uh, fake crowd noise thing is that real i saw that yeah. i thought it was fake nope that's so stupid just let them just let it happen you know um like i want to i want to see what it's like to you know like it's gonna make it close closer to the players i want to see what that's like you know to hear the players talk you know to hear the backstories and understand like you don't want to hear the plays or whatever but uh, that's just stupid like that's yeah. up there with like hollywood um i think they did in star wars they had um Princess Leia, like, animated, so because um, the actor, actress died. Um, like, that's just stupid. Don't do that, please. I wonder, like, how it's going to... So, you know how, like, when they do the plays, they, like, have the paper over their face or something? And I wonder how it's going to change because 
maybe they'd be concerned that they'd be like heard by yeah. like, players or something, you know. So yeah, it's a, the whole thing is crazy. The whole there's thing. a lot of interesting things. I think the the biggest thing you have to take from it is there's so many rumors and so many things going out there, and I don't think that you can sit there and say, oh, the season's going to start this way or, oh, they're going to do a playoff structure this way because it's changing every week. It, it just at a point, it's like I've, I've believed that where I stand now is I, I won't believe anything or really take anything into huge consideration until it actually happens and it's confirmed by the, you know, the owners um, or the chairman. So I just yeah. think there's it's a lot of stuff going around. And, yeah, uh, we're in a time now that... We won't know until it's put out there. We can yeah, we're in a time now that, like, stuff changes literally by the hour because you don't know. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, um, real quick, a touch on this, and then we can head to the next topic is, um, you know, I feel like personally, at least with the NHL, NBA, uh, they need to... Start the season back up, go right to playoffs whenever that is, and then start in January like it's a lockout, and then just have a condensed 2020-2021 season. So then in 2022, or excuse me, 2021-22 season, you can start as normal and just go on, And you know, assuming everything's all set. Even if you go with no fans, at least the schedule's still the same. Hey guys, Caden here from Boston Power Hour, and I wanted to thank 1 in 100 for sponsoring today's episode. 1 in 100 is the only ticket raffling website where you can enter a raffle to win tickets to the hottest sporting events and concerts of the year for a fraction of the price. Head over to 1in100.co to enter the raffle and make sure to check them out on Instagram at 1in100official. Now back to the episode. So moving on to our next topic is going to be Ride the Wave Survivor Island. If you guys have missed this out, you guys got to go check check out the main page. You know, we see guys getting voted out every week. The Spike King is holding his throne up there. You know, uh, Caden, you're one of the first ones off. What was that like being voted off Survivor Island? I mean, it was fine because you get voted off Survivor Island. You get to, like, see your family and everything again, you know. But um, anyway, so the whole, <laughs> you know, I got back, you know, and I, you know, it took, it was about a three-hour boat ride. But, you know, we're back and, you know, good. Get food and everything. Um, so basically with this whole Survivor Island, Island thing, I think it's almost, I mean, it's not rigged, obviously, but um, Spike King uses his, whatever he has. His to followers. Like, to, to his advantage. Literally like, oh, he knows he can't win. He knew he couldn't beat me. So what did he do? He decided, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, threaten people <laughs> and make, you know, it's, it's, that's almost like. That's almost like, oh, yeah, so if you don't vote for me when, like, I'm, pre- you know, if I don't win president, like, the election, um, yeah, I'm going to pick, like, a random group of 7 million people and just kill them. Like, that, like, why, like, that's just, like, <laughs> obviously, obviously you wouldn't not vote for that person because you don't want to be in that 7 million that just gets murdered because, you know, you didn't vote for them. So that's basically what Spike King's doing. He's like, oh, well. If you don't vote for me, you're not going to win a giveaway. Well, I mean, nobody cares about his giveaways anyway. But <laughs> the other thing is, like, you can't just threaten people. Like, it just it doesn't work. It, you know, it's not, not the way to win. And, and he knows, you know, deep down, he knows 
I know I can't beat him. And, you know, it'd be really embarrassing for me to be, like, a CEO of a company and lose to a 16-year-old blogger who likes to get in fights with people on Instagram. So, you know, I got to threaten people. Yeah, One, the, I really hope Spike King watches this. He'll see it. He'll see it. It'll be in the chat, and I'm totally ready for it. He does. He does retract um, his giveaways. Uh, I do think he has a lot of haters because of those Mark Marky Mark posts, um, <laughs> and people just envy him because he is, you know, the Spike King. But um, and I do. I, do I think he's going to go on the gauntlet every time or the gulag and try to gulag. fight for survival one on one? Yeah, I do almost every week because of his haters. But at the end of the day, the guy's got thirty plus thousand followers um and i think his you know he he sends out those videos and he um he his fans will come in and and support him at the end of the day yeah the the 12 year olds want the uh the the special you know sports card giveaways that 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 you know the 12 year olds (laughs) they really want the they they want that they want that commemorative or whatever that word is uh, coin, you know, they want the special coin or, you know, whatever, because that that's that's great and great, you know. You, you think get you think gold. you think Spike King would want to get voted off the island so he can go um, be with his little Spike twins, you know, and they're coming soon. But yeah, he wants to stay on the island, so you know, um, you know, Spike King, you know, he's a smart guy though. You know, Brian, don't think I don't see what you're doing. You know, I see you go on, you defend yourself, you say all this stuff, call it the other guy. You know, I saw it last week with Stafford. <laughs> Stafford and Rudy is having the ball to him. You went on, you know, you talked your stuff, you you know, called them out, so whatever. And immediately the nest post is the voting slide. And right after that, you know what I see? Stafford and Rudy are defending themselves. There's no chance for them to defend themselves. It goes right to the voting. And then, you know, that's a tactic that Brian uses. And you know, Brian's a smart guy, and I, I respect that. So, Masters, when you get up there, you got to be the first one to call them out. I don't want to see you get voted off because of that. You need to be the first one to do it. Right right when you know you're going to lose, that's when you make you move on the story. The, yeah, person who's gonna, the person who's going to win this is somebody like, you know, Tyler Miller's strategy is not to say anything. And that's almost a good strategy because what's going to happen is by the time Spike King gets, like, to the finals, he's going to run out of excuses and threats to make. So then he's just gonna he's gonna be like, Well, listen guys, I, I threatened you as much as I could and I I I can't, you know, I, I can't win this because if I he if he threatens people with another, you know, I won't win because of the giveaway thing, which is BS anyway, because he's not gonna he wouldn't remember like all the names, you know. And he would have like no followers left by the time because there's probably by the time this is all over, there's probably like 15,000 people that voted against him after this whole thing happens. So, you know, then you don't have as much people to, you know, do your giveaways. Well, I'm fortunate enough to be on the island still um, with Spike King and and, um, Matt Gordon and Ty. How is that? How's the the food and stuff? The island's awesome, man. I'm excited to still be on here. Um, I think that, you know, I've done fairly well. surviving you know not a lot of people have called me out um and i hope that continues i have a little strategy of my own i'm not going to reveal um what i do but episode, yeah i probably will but what, what's yeah. the, what, what's, <laughs> i just what signed happened? my grave but you know ha- go ahead um 
you know, Tyler, you're saying, you know, Tyler, he's, you know, being Mr. Quiet and, you know, he's just going to ride the wave right to the very end, right? You know, ride the wave right, right to the island. But, you know, he ain't got guys like poor Brandon who hasn't said a word this whole time. Yeah, I was just going to say. He's going to get voted off. So, you know, I don't know if that's the best tactic. But, you know what, Brian could, you know, Brian, we get you an idea. You could spin this around. You know, you're making all these threats, getting rid of the giveaways, spin it around. If you guys make me win, I'll, I'll give you a jersey. You know, I'll make sure I do a jersey giveaway. Spin it around on them. That's a good idea right there. All yeah, I, the yeah, whole thing. What what happened? What happened with Brandon? Like, how did people? How are people just like that guy? Like, what? Like, yeah, Rudolph I don't know. I feel bad for Brandon. Stafford happened I know. because he I know, but I'm not gonna say anything. Oh, you got the tea. <laughs> you gotta spell that tea. Okay. The Boston Tea Party, baby. <laughs> yep. Being overthrown. I think he's next. But you know, you guys got definitely gotta check this out. Some wicked funny stuff. We always talk about in the chat. Who's the next one to go? Um, I think I'm going to make my prediction. Lane, I want you to go all the way. Represent Boston Power Hour and the BWO. That would be awesome, man. Go all the way. Make it to the final four or the final three, whatever Survivor goes. Um, I think Spike King, he's going to make it all the way because he's Spike King. No reason why he can't. Um, I think Matt Gordon is going to make it too just because he's in Australia. He's got that uh, Australian the, accent. The accent, People yeah. love the Australian accent. You're telling the story, and uh, I know people are going, yo, who's that Australian guy on the story? You know, they love the accent. You know, that's just how it is. So, except that one got guy, a good chance. except that one guy that like told them he was gonna like kill him. Oh, yeah, yes, I did see that. So, we got some high quality content on the Ride the Way Media main page story. We're definitely, we, check that out. We're, we got we're blogs, we got uh, you know, Instagram keyboard warriors we fight with on there, and we got Survivor Island. What's there's not to love on the story? It's true, very true. Guys going on. Uh, but guys. Thank you so much for watching this episode. We'll be wrapping up this episode. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Boston Sports Center 617, Caden uh, underscore Bode, and Masters Lane 182. So make sure you guys check us out and check out the BWO and the Boston Power also on Instagram. Thanks for watching, guys.